0: Hey, y'all. It's Brittany. And Eric. And this past year, we have really missed being in you guys' podcast feeds. And that's why we are so excited to say that our
1: original podcast, For Colored Nerds, is relaunching with all new episodes.
0: If you've been missing your weekly dose of Black culture from the two of us, worry no more. We will be dropping new episodes in the For Colored Nerds feed every Tuesday from here on out.
1: As a thank you for rocking with us for so long, here's one of our first new episodes.
0: We hope you like it.
1: Hi, I'm Eric.
0: And I'm Brittany.
1: This is For Colored Nerds.
0: The weekly show where we peel back the layers of Black culture that we rarely discuss in mixed company. This week, we're talking about
1: the final season of Insecure and one of the most divisive characters on TV, Lawrence. Yes, Lawrence. And we're going to talk to the actor who plays him, Jay
0: Ellis. We're chatting with Jay about how the character of Lawrence came to be, Lawrence's epic blowout with Condola, and whether Lawrence has finally, after all this mess, grown up.
1: All right, y'all, after five seasons, Insecure, the game-changing show about friendship, love, and figuring it out in L.A. from creator Issa Rae is in its final season. Wow, can't believe it.
0: Mm, Can't believe it. The ensemble show revolves around Issa D. and her circle of friends and lovers. And while the core friendship between Issa, Molly, Kelly, and Tiffany has been the show's emotional center and driver of the plot, it's the romantic entanglements of Issa and Molly that repeatedly set Twitter, Instagram, and group chats all over the world
1: aflame. And and no character <laughs> has drawn more of that ire and praise than Lawrence Walker. Excuse me, Martin Lawrence Walker, to be exact. <laughs> played by breakout star Jay Ellis.
0: Lawrence is, without a doubt, the most divisive character on Insecure. His dating successes and failures have earned him a loyal fan base of Black men who wish to see themselves in Lawrence. While a smooth 95% of everything else that Lawrence does on the show works Black women's nerves.
1: All right, so Brittany, like, I'm curious. If you had to crystallize why so many women, almost every single one, react to Lawrence <laughs> with the rage of just like a million sons, like, what is it about him?
0: OK, if I were to put on my therapist hat, I would say that Lawrence is emotionally immature, a bit self-centered. Um, he's he's overly concerned with how he comes off to people as opposed to how he actually makes them feel. Uh, but to put it plainly, to quote Tasha, Lawrence's jilted co-worker from Insecure Season 2, um, I'm going to quote her when I say, Lawrence is the definition of a fuck nigga who thinks he's a good dude. And I'm sorry, he has been terrorizing the women of LA County for far too long.
1: I have to tell you, Tasha was so poetic. Uh, you know, taking like <laughs> all of that into account, I do have to say, like I, there's something a bit refreshing about Lawrence's characterization. Like he doesn't just skate by, you know, he isn't just mm. a terror. Uh, I think this show <laughs> has has really kind of forced Lawrence to deal with the consequences of his actions you know, a little late. But he deals with them, Uh, <laughs> you know, which has made room for a lot of growth for this character. Now, look, I got to I gotta put this out there. I am not what you would call a member of hashtag Lawrence Hive. You know, they are kind of on some other shit. Uh, they blindly love Lawrence, you know, no matter what he does. But I am a fan of Lawrence's growth, which we've seen a lot of this season.
0: Mm, very true. Very true. And I think that also speaks to how lovingly Issa Rae, Insecure showrunner, Prentice Penny, and the writers on Insecure depict Black men on the show. Like, whether we're watching Lawrence, Derek, Chad, or the Yoda, there's like a real diversity to the Black men that we see on screen.
1: Absolutely. And in my opinion, Lawrence is one of the most dynamic Black male characters of the prestige television era. I will say it. And (laughs) even if he is hard to like at times, extremely hard to like at times, I think everybody (laughs) loves Jay Ellis. You know, he's brought a, like, sensitivity and a depth to a character that could have easily been written off, actually, like, literally written off uh, (laughs) and figuratively written off.
0: It's true. And and you really got to be some kind of special to pull that off. So to find out just how Jay does it, we called him up. And he told us all about his thoughts on Lawrence, what it's meant to play such a controversial character, and what's in store for the rest of Insecure's fifth season. All right, y'all, we won't
1: hold you any longer. Here is our conversation with Jay Ellis. How was Lawrence pitched to you? What
2: did you initially see on the page for this character? Um, Lawrence wasn't pitched to me. but I, The reps that I had at the time were like, yo, it's the HBO show. You would be crazy not to do this. But I did have a homeboy. Uh, I always try to give him credit as much as I can because I feel like executives really good sharp smart executives who have great ideas so often go like unrecognized in this industry and like they're so that they they are the gate the gatekeepers in a lot of ways um his name is clarence hammond clarence used to work at will smith's company uh overbook at the time and uh an an amazing executive he called me he was like yo have you read Issa's new pilot insecure and i was like nah what is it he was like yo you gotta check this out it's a character in here that's perfect for you And so um, little did I know. So I read it and I immediately called my entire team at the point. I was like, yo, I want to do this. Like, let's get to East." I met her once. We won We We both won an Urban League Award together. Like (laughs) now, mind you, I read it and I was like, I am the world's best music producer on the planet. I didn't know this, so I was like, Daniel. "Yo, I'm about to be Daniel," like, because Lawrence was so small on the page, and it, it you know, the way that episode, the way that pilot ends, like it, it feels like they're gonna, like that's the end of their relationship, and something could potentially, they could potentially come back to Daniel, right? So I was like, "Oh, this is this is what it is, not this dude." Yeah. Yeah. So it, it wasn't really pitched to me in any way of like, "This is what's on the page," and I, I don't know, you know, I think. Issa and Princess probably had a very clear idea of like what they wanted to do with him in season one, but I know mm-hmm. there was nothing past that. Really? Yeah. So, you know, when I went into it, I went into it kind of thinking I was Jon Snow. I was like, yo, I'm going to be here for the game. I'm going to bring all the stars back together. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to go out here and get these dragons and we're going to burn it. We're going to burn it, burn the city down. And little did I know, they were there, and on the other yeah. side. You know, they were like, oh, this is where this character's journey ends in this show. And obviously they built this beautiful kind of arc in season one where you see this dude kind of like pull it back together. And like his girl challenges him. And is like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, this is not who I want to be with. And that makes him go get the job. And then that makes him like want to do even better and like still get out there and interview. And then finally he gets the job and now he got a haircut and now he's dressing <laughs> a little bit better. And so we watched this whole journey with him, and I was like, oh, I know this dude. Like, I've been this dude. I've had homeboys who have been this dude. Some of my homegirls have dated this dude. Like, I very much know this guy.
0: At what point did you realize that, like, there was going to be more to Lawrence beyond the
2: first season? I'm telling you, I never realized it. Like, for me, I'm literally like Game of Thrones when they killed the king in season one. Like, I was like... like, "You didn't Like my whole my whole mind was like of course they're not gonna kill the king <laughs> like he's the whole hey. Why are you show? they not gonna kill the king like you know what I'm saying like yeah, yeah. we got all these other dynamics but like they're not gonna kill, kill the king that's the story in my mind you know i i do believe that like you got to be just dumb enough to do this job like you have to be <laughs> you have to like believe in something that like no one can see
1: yeah. right There's no, no ones seen
2: it No one's seen it. There's a faith that goes into this that is like, oh, I think I could be great at this, and I think this could be more, and I I could see all these places where this character can go, but just because I can see it doesn't mean that Brittany can see it, or Eric Mm -hmm. can see it, or Issa and Princess, maybe it wasn't even on their radar at the time. But in my mind, it was like, oh, this dude is going, he's going to be here, like, he's going (laughs) to go for a while. And then at the end of season one, you know, when, when you have that moment, I actually remember I, I got on a plane. I was at a film festival in India. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, w- I left India and flew from uh, Mumbai to, I think, Doha. Oh. And in the airport in Doha, the episode started. The finale of season one started. And I got on the plane, turned my phone off, and 13 hours later, I land in Los Angeles. And, and your world was different. <laughs> the world. What your phone must have blown up. Oh, my phone died before I left the airport. Before I left the airport, I had homeboys texting me from college, some of my teammates from college, some of my homeboys that I grew up with back home in Oklahoma. People I hadn't seen since I my dad was in the Air Force. I lived in I lived on like twenty different Air Forces base Air Force bases. I had people hit me I ain't seen since I was like five years old. My auntie talking about she gonna pray for me because the church done seen it and now she gotta go (laughs) to everybody at church. And then Twitter was obviously, as we know, like black Twitter is a juggernaut. And so like Twitter had now all of a sudden created all these Hive memes right off the tail of of, of um, lemonade. Like, all of a sudden, I was seeing collages of like me, Martin, Malcolm, President Obama, like all this stuff. And so I, I, it was in that moment where I was like, "Oh my God, this is you can't you you can't create that. I mean, you can't yeah you can't plan for that. That is something that like it is." it is hitting people in a way that is making them react to something that they know it is starting a conversation and it's starting this fire that is making people like have this conversation about like relationships and masculinity and cheating and who's responsible and vulnerability and all these things. And at that point it was like, yo, the train is on the track. You cannot stop it. And whatever Whatever our audience wants to make of it is what they're going to make of it at
1: that point. To that end, so like once, you know, season two, uh, like in between season one and season two, there's this massive reaction to that point. Like the Internet was crazy. It was a wild time. You know, like, did you push for any like changes where at that point we were like, well, let me tell you what I see for Lawrence. You know, like how much like how much did you try to participate in the shaping of that character kind of
2: after that moment? Never once. And is that that,
1: really? Yeah,
2: keep on. For me, I realized that like this wasn't my story. Hmm. Like, I wasn't going to force Jay's view of who Lawrence was or what we should be talking about because that's shaded by my own experience to a certain degree, right? And this was supposed to be through the lens of. Issa, like this, this is all Issa's story. It's Issa's creation, Issa Ray as a person and as a creator and as a beautiful human being that she is. Like, this is her story and her creation. Number one, I am there to service that story the best I possibly can. Like, that is my job as an actor. I enjoy mm. that. I love that. I get to just dive in and just be a character. And, like, yeah, I, I question story beats because I want to know more and I want to learn more and I want to understand where, like, it, what were the conversations in the room and what are all the things that you guys thought of when you, you know, created some of these moments and some of these scenes and these arts, but, like, never was I like, you know, I think Lawrence should just, like, I don't know, I think he should have a like, I never once wanted that because then I feel like I'm tampering I am trying to change someone else's story. And like, that's just not who I am. Like, I am such a believer in like, let's uplift storytellers. And like one of my jobs, one of my many passions and the things that I love is to like s- help tell stories. And, and sometimes that service comes in many different ways. Sometimes it comes in writing. Sometimes it comes in producing. Sometimes it comes in acting. And like, and sometimes it comes in directing. And and in this particular job, it was as an actor.
0: We've talked about sort of like how like unique Lawrence is but like part of what makes him so unique is that like you know uh, you know like you said like you, you kind of never seen a character like lawrence before which is why you're excited to play him and we agree there's like an authenticity and a real interiority to um the character his character as a black man that just feels like very true to life like how much of yourself do you see in lawrence
2: I'm a little bit more of a communicator than Lawrence. Like I'm not, (laughs) I'm in my head, but I'm also like, I'm gonna let y'all know what I'm thinking. Like, so I think like, I'm just a little bit more of like, hey, so let's talk about this for a second. It might come off aggressive, but that's not how I mean it. But I just want (laughs) to get this off my chest and have a conversation. And I think Lawrence Mm -hmm. like just didn't say a lot of stuff. And if he Mm would have said some more stuff, Maybe we wouldn't have had to watch that breakup. Maybe we would have never even been at that breakup. Maybe, we, maybe mm-hmm. Issa wouldn't have stepped out. Right? Like if if he would have just communicated yeah. a little bit more and used his words a little bit more, I think you know he may have may may have saved himself some heartache. But at the same time, he wouldn't grow up to be the man that he he's on the road to becoming. I do think, like in a lot of ways, like I'm a I am very much like a serial monogamist. Like I, I I very much like. I think Lawrence very quickly realized, like, yo, I'm not a playboy. Like, I can't be out in the streets. Like, mm. I am. It's too much work. Uh, clearly, I'm not doing it right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for so <laughs> many reasons. I keep yelling <laughs> at this. I am a relationship person. And I think that's who I am as well. So I think like, that was another touch point that I really understood mm-hmm. with Lawrence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I-, I could call so, my I- own boys a little bit more and get advice. I don't. I think I am the one who's often called. Uh, Mm. I am not the dude who calls and asks for advice. I I talk, I will talk through a lot of things, but I won't necessarily be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, I just need (laughs) your advice real quick. Uh, That's never been me. And it should be, I should do more of that.
0: To that point. What do you feel like you've learned from Lawrence?
2: Oh man. Um, Communication, I think, I think just because you have a narrative or a story between your ears and your head doesn't mean that the rest Mm -hmm. of the world has that same story. You know, there's this moment in season, I think it was in season two, where he pulls up outside of the dunes and he doesn't text her. He like pulls his phone out to text Issa and she's in, I think she's actually in the dunes and like sitting there by herself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Same exact time. And like, how crazy, how different would this story have been if he would have just sent that text message in that moment? You know what I mean? Like, like mm. so short and so fleeting and like, it is hard to find love. It is hard to find connection. Real talk, yeah. right. It is, it's hard to mm. find like people that you ride or die for every single day. It is hard to find people that you want to spend the rest of your life with. It is hard to find, you know, yeah. whoever your me, us against the world is like, it's hard to find that. And I think, Deep down, he knew that it was her, but for whatever reason, he couldn't express it and couldn't say it because he was afraid to be vulnerable. Because we do things that we're not supposed to say that stuff, and we're not supposed to be vulnerable, we're not supposed to talk through our feelings, right? We haven't normalized that enough yet. And so I think I learned, like, oh, I'm just going to talk a little bit and just... I might say I feel 22 times and you might be like, yo, you and your feelings. And i would be like, yeah, but at least there's no confusion. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. For words where it reminds me of this like lyric, this Mac Miller lyric where he's like, my regrets look just like texts I, I didn't send. send. Yeah.
2: My regrets yeah. look
1: just like texts <laughs> I signed. didn't
0: send. Yep. Come on. Oh,
1: good. Come so on, I- Mac. <laughs> So, like when we first meet Lawrence, like, you know, he's like, like we say, he's been unemployed. You know, he's not actually putting in like the work he kind of maybe should be in the relationship. You know, he's mostly just on the couch. And, you know, like as a viewer, you feel Issa's frustrations with Lawrence. But obviously, like, kind of looking back, Lawrence is also a pretty rare depiction of a black man, you know, living with depression. I'm curious, like, what was it like to get the opportunity to play? black man so obviously
2: dealing with mental illness um it was great man because i think like i i will say that like and i'm probably because it's probably partially like a generational thing too but i feel like i am from like that generation of like that last generation of folks where i feel like this young other generations under me anyway or who are younger than me uh do talk a little bit more about what they're going through. Like, I feel like I'm still in that generation where it's like, yo, nah, just fuck up. You are gonna get through it. I'm fine. I'm good. It's all going to be all right. Mm. Where like, if I look back now, like, yeah, there was probably moments where I like was depressed a little bit, you know what I mean? But I didn't know how to vocalize those things or didn't know that there was someone in my life I could have talked to. And and especially for some of my boys who I know were going through stuff. Mm. Yeah. So many of my homeboys who went through crazy stuff and wouldn't – were just spinning out and wouldn't vocalize what they were going through, right? They were just behaving yeah. erratically or in whatever way they were behaving. And so uh, it was very freeing in a lot of ways, man. It is it is something that I think I will forever be proud of because I don't know that I've ever seen – I I just don't believe that that depiction has ever been on TV before. Like I – yeah. in maybe a few films but like I just don't know that we've gotten to see a black man who from the outside at certain points anyway looks like he has everything together or is aesthetically what like is appealing to some folks but like has this shit going on inside him that is eating him up and and kind of like you know uh, um, sidelining him and like strapping him to the couch you know it 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 it, it, was, it was it was it was amazing
0: it's interesting too because i think about like specifically the depiction of lawrence like the things like he was experiencing depression but like from a lot of sort of like everyday life stuff it wasn't like it was anything yeah. super dramatic it wasn't like yeah. anything necessarily traumatic or outstanding had happened to him like he was just going he's just going through it like having a hard time kind of adjusting to adulthood which is something that like I think, especially maybe the last year and a half, has really illuminated. <laughs> but there's so many black men, so many black people that are that are around that like 20s, 30s age that are you know feeling that very heavy. Um, and so it's interesting, you know, to see him be depressed, but like also just struggling with everyday life shit, and not necessarily something that was super melodramatic or something like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, every day isn't traumatic for us as a people, but every day is filled with microaggressions, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like every day isn't necessarily traumatic and every day isn't yeah. a big event, but every day has something in it that makes you go, man, like again? Yeah. All right. And then you still got to move on to it You still got to go get gas to go to work. You still got <laughs> you know to I mean? yeah. order lunch. You still got to like, you know, you still got to do all the other stuff and along the way, you get hit with another microaggression. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the Starbucks line overlooks you and looks at the next person. And it's like, you clearly, you know what I mean? It's just all these yeah. little things, to your point, that happen day in and day out that, like, you know, it's it's almost like death by a thousand paper cuts, mm-hmm. right? It's like, yeah. you don't need, I don't need a big slice, but if you keep slicing me every single day.
0: Yeah
2: gonna be beat up i'm gonna be tired my head's gonna hang a little bit but at the same time i'm still gonna get up and go do all the things i still got to go do Mm -hmm. absolutely right and that is tough and and we we all experience that you know and it it is i don't know it is i am forever grateful for being able to play a character who was a representation of that on a show that has been so important uh, every single day. Like it is, it is truly like an honor to be able to do that because it, it, is, it feels like it's probably the closest character I'll ever play. Although I think in many ways, Lawrence is very different than me. Like it is probably still the closest character I will ever play to me or to my experience.
1: Next up, our conversation with Jay turns to the legion of fans who love Lawrence unconditionally. Lawrence
2: Hyde. It was like they gonna think I want a Grammy. They gonna think I want a Grammy. Like literally, all Black men pop champagne at the same time. That and more coming up after the break.
1: You know, I'm not sure. I have seen. Black men so collectively rally around a TV character like I've seen with Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, it was like this group of people, massive group of people found so much of themselves in Lawrence, you know, myself included, at certain sm- times. At certain times, uh, <laughs> certain yeah, times, yeah, certain certain time. times. <laughs> you know, that they needed him to become almost like the best version of, like, of themselves. I'm curious, like, for you as the actor, like, what was it really like watching the way that people battled over the importance of Lawrence?
2: I remember my homeboy called me after the finale of season one, and he was, like, on a Tuesday. He called me on a Tuesday afternoon at, like, 4 p.m. in L.A., so 6 p.m. where he's from. And he was like, yo, me and my girl ain't talked in two days. (laughs) (laughs) And they're married, and they've been together. It was... They've been together. Like, they're married and been been together for a minute. So, it was... (laughs) Like, to me, that was so telling. Like, it's crazy, man. I don't know that I could ever really explain it. And I, I, you know, the one thing that I'll say is, like, I I do wish I could go back and relive some of those moments and just have been, like, even more present and more immersed in them. Mm. Even more than what I was Mm. and more than what we were together as a cast. Because, you know... I think we feel like we get beat up every, in every direction to all of a sudden see the dude who's like got beat up. But then is like getting back up and like, yo, I'm going to do it. And then he gets knocked down again in the coldest way possible by his girl. And then like has the redemption, right? The redemption. The re- okay, I, see, <laughs> I see. I, see, I see. He's going to reclaim his time, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it was such a like. Hey, we here and we not going nowhere, and we gonna get back up, and we gonna be the best versions of ourselves. And then it's you, you, you know, there's so many good dudes out here who day after day just get up and they do it, and they do it over and over and over and over again, and get no recognition, but constantly get the other end of it right. They get the micro mm. slights and all that stuff all the time. And I think to your mm. point, like all of a sudden there was this collective group like, "Hey, that's me." And this dude, this yeah. dude better win for all of us right now. We, we <laughs> just win. Because I'm out here doing it. I'm doing it good. But like, I'm not, but I'm getting slighted. I'm not getting what I should be getting. And that, I think, just rang true for so many, for so many people. Yo, it was like, it was like black men won a championship. It,
1: <laughs> dead ass. It was literally like, we like. Oh man! Like Obama just got elected. Like literally, it was just everybody was in the streets. <laughs> it was, they gonna think was... I
2: want a Grammy. They gonna think I want a Grammy. Like literally, all black men pop champagne at the same time. Like it was. Oh my! God. It was wild. It <laughs> was it, it truly was wild.
0: You're not even exaggerating though. Like there were so many clips on social media of. I mean, like it looked like a Holyfield fight. <laughs> the way that people would be crowded in front of the television, hooting and hollering and stuff like that. And I'm like. You know, I mean, I respect that Lawrence came back. I respect that Lawrence bounced back because I think as a human being, we all we some of us have been on that on the Lawrence side of the equation. You know what I'm saying? Where Absolutely. it's just like, okay, I gotta get back in the yeah. game. But um, yeah, your hive though, the hive, the Lawrence Hive. <laughs> they're
2: they're <laughs> they're on the next level. I'll, I'll say it is it, the mobilization is like it's impressive. I mean we can march into a few states and get some stuff right. Get, get some walls up that it, I mean, no, but it, it has truly been amazing to like, I don't know, like to, to know that that I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to play this character that so many men responded to so many. And not just men, like women, too, but like it, it is. As a black man, it is this, like, I I have this overwhelming feeling of gratitude to, like, have had the honor, like, the gift of being able to play this guy. Because I know, Mm -hmm. I know, I just know what it's, I I mean, I worked retail. Like, I wasn't the Best Buy dude. I was the Steve Madden dude. You know what I mean? Like, I know what it's like to be in those shoes. And I know how many of my boys and how many people I pass every single day when I walk in somewhere who who are in the middle of that journey. You know, I I definitely don't take it lightly, although I joke about it, like I don't take it lightly that like he was, you know, a representation that for a lot of black men and 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 they were getting to see themselves on screen and see someone somewhat like them, even if it was just some a few moments. Or, you know, I, I say this all the time. Like, I think the next closest thing is Earn in Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. And I don't say closest thing because I think I think Donald has done an absolutely amazing job, clearly. But, like, Earn is the only other character that you probably could say is very... That feels similar to, like, somebody you know or somebody you've been yourself, you know? You know,
0: to that um, idea about sort of, like, Lawrence being, in his core, like a regular guy... Um, Something I think is really interesting with his character is that like, I feel like when typically when you see a quote unquote successful educated black man on TV with a good job, he's always like dominating at the highest level. Um, And what I found really interesting on Insecure is that even after Lawrence finally like lands what seems like his dream job, you know, he gets out of Best Buy and is able to get sort of like that. Startup y, you know, super polished, exciting, you know, shiny job. We see him kind of struggle to live up to that boss narrative. Talk to us about like why it was important and maybe even unique to see Lawrence face professional challenges. Um, and also like even beyond professional challenges, like to sort of try to see himself as fitting in, uh, fitting into like a working environment as opposed to like being the absolute best at what he did unequivocally all the time.
2: There is a narrative I think that has been put out there that is like falsely placed all this pressure on us in a lot of ways that like, we have to be perfect all the time. And like, just like black excellence doesn't necessarily mean that everything is perfect all the time. Right. Like Lawrence, Molly and Issa are all examples of black excellence in their own way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I feel like before Lawrence got that job, like his, his reading list was like how to run the office, being a boss. Holly read like three of Diddy's biographies. 40 laws of power. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 40 laws of power. You know what I'm saying? Like he 100%, like I feel like read that, but it creates this narrative that like, that means you got to walk in and like kill it. And like, while we do hold ourselves to a higher standard and we, because we have always have to work so much harder Mm -hmm. to get half as much, like, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen the way you expect it to happen. It doesn't mean it's going to be bumpy. It doesn't mean that there are systemic things in the workplace that are going to get in your way. And it's how do you, how do you navigate all of those things that you did not plan for and, and are hitting you every single day in a new way. And so I think, you know, watching that journey for me, I always look at it and go like, Oh, Lawrence had a vision and the vision was great. And the vision was beautiful. And the problem is the vision didn't account for like, any slight or major like changes, right? Like the vision was like, he was so locked in and so myopic to the thing he wanted. It didn't ac- account for all the like environmental factors, mm. right? That could come along the way and shake it. And so then you had no response to all of those things. So then all of a sudden you feel like you're like in quicksand and you're just like, yo, can I just find some sure footing somewhere And I think that is a lot of what Lawrence is going through. And I think that's a lot of like what it is when you walk into a workplace where you are one of, like, right. You have the narrative, you have the vision of what you think it's going to be and how you're going to dominate in the space. But then you get in there and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, I I was, all these things are coming at me that I wasn't expecting. I just, can anybody throw me a life preserver, please? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I think that is real. And I think Molly, I think is also a perfect representation of that Mm. in her her own office, right? And both her first law firm and the primarily white law firm she worked in, as well as in Hayward. I think that is also a very clear thing of like, oh, it is not always how you expect it to be. It doesn't mean that it still can't be great and it still can't be amazing, but it's just a different version of it. It's a different path. A different path. Yeah.
1: So it's time for the spoiler alert because we're going to, we got to talk about season five, episode three pressure. Okay. So, you know, it's, re- it's revealed that Condola, who's, pay- who's played, honestly, amazingly by Christina Elmore, is pregnant and Lawrence is the father. So, you know, at first they agree to keep living separate lives. But in season five, after their son is born, Lawrence decides he wants to be a parent. He wants to be an active parent. And so what results is this really thoughtful and introspective episode where we see Lawrence and Condola like really try to like, work it out. And there are some scenes in this There's episode, like y'all are acting, <laughs> like it is, it is just doing the thing. And honestly, the performance, it was exciting just to really get you to watch you kind of like lead that performance. I'm curious, like, talk to us about what this episode means for Lawrence and like what it meant to you to like play him at this point, you know, in his
2: arc. Yeah, I mean, so much is at stake for him here. I think, again, it goes back to that vision. He's built this vision of what fatherhood is Mm. in his head and how he is going to be a father. And he's built a vision of, like, how they're going to co-parent. The problem is he never expressed that vision (laughs) to to Godola and then also never asked for her take on how they're going to do it and what she thinks about it, right? He was just like, yo, it's going to be like this. And, you know, you applaud him for, like, you don't applaud him. It's what he was supposed. To, it's what he's supposed to do. I think it's like, oh God, thank God he didn't choose to not be in the life. Like, okay, cool, yeah. he's gonna be in the baby's life. We okay, Lawrence, we got you. Okay, now we gotta. Then you're like, yo, but that's not how to do it. Like, wait a minute, you just yeah. went down the wrong road. Like, you're going, you're driving out a, a, the wrong <laughs> way right now, bro. The car is going in the wrong direction, and so I think for me, it's really interesting. Like that, this whole episode for me is so much about like realizing that just because you had a vision of something and it is going to be slightly different or altered or the route to the the journey rather to, to the vision that you had, is going to be slightly different Mm -hmm. does not mean that the vision is not still as beautiful or as important wherever you ultimately land. Right. And so I, I look at that episode and I go like, Oh, Lawrence has to, at some point say, What's more important here? The thing that I'm trying to force and make happen my way Mm -hmm. from hundreds of miles away while I'm sitting by myself in this big, empty apartment, like in this with a a crib that this baby is never going to see and all these babies never going to see. Or is it about figuring out how to do this with her and making the best life for this child and being the best parent I can be for this child? And then I still get my vision of being a good father. And I still, right? Like, that to me is, like, so much what this episode is about for him. is like, getting out of his own way, realizing that he's in his own way. Mm. And therefore, in the way of Candola and also in the way of Elijah uh, and and then being a father for Elijah. And by the way, Christina Elmore, national treasure. like Truly. I, I don't know. Stepped into a if kilt I, it. I don't know if I could have done those things with anybody else. Like, she was... Mm. Such a joy, such a pleasure. She brought some stuff that literally I was like, ooh, oh, okay, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that we were at Masterpiece Theater. Thank you, Christina. (laughs) Uh, She just brought some stuff that, like, I mean, she made me a better actor. I think, you know, over the the course of these three seasons, she's made me Mm. a better actor, and especially... I think, you know, in that scene in her kitchen where we blow up at each other, where Lauren blows up at her, like, I think I would yeah. have never been able to get there if it wasn't for her. I don't trust you. Are you fucking serious? Condola, stop acting like I'm a fucking stranger. I'm his father. And you're barely ever here. And you never
0: check in, not about his swimming or food. And you don't even give me more than three hours' notice when you're not coming. I have a job. My fiance and I watched that together. <laughs> <laughs> like there was i forget specifically what Lawrence said but the the inflection the way you specifically said it i think you were like standing near the fridge or something like that in her kitchen It turned around at one point he was like oh <laughs> like the tension between you two had us but oh, we knew it was a tv show when y'all were acting but we kind of forgot for a couple seconds like y'all most had us people, for real
2: people, most people don't remember it's a tv show some people, yeah, <laughs> the with their friends, like why, and they can take in condoling kitchen watching, and I know I'm gonna get cussed out for weeks after that episode. Absolutely, so no. but it's, rest in oh, peace to mentions. Right. But <laughs> mean, like, I believe that, like, if you're not mad at Lawrence, then I didn't do my job. If you don't cringe when mm. he said stuff when he says like i'm gonna be with my son whatever it takes i'm gonna do whatever it takes to be with my son like if you don't cringe and be like no bro, no <laughs> my job, you know and 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 i didn't honor the writing and hopefully you know i don't know how many people watch our show to be honest with you i've never asked but however many people it is if i i, I, I truly hope they all like yo Cut his head off, throw him in the river, <laughs> put the neck on his feet. Like, just it, dispose of the body however you need to. I hope they, do it. because it, it means that I did my job. But it also means that, like, if we do our jobs right and if the story is serviced right, hopefully the journey will be so much more worth it when you get to the back end of the series. Mm.
1: Yeah, so I mean, to that to that end, watching this was honestly really powerful for me. I, for its worth, I'm a I'm a father mm. and a co parent as well, and you know come to it very differently. Uh, but but, but I you know I, I I saw a lot of truth kind of in just like how much Lawrence's idea of fatherhood clashes, you know, with his life. There's mm-hmm. a bit of like reevaluation, you know that that like you have to do. And I also thought it was just kind of beautiful, at least at the end, seeing him turn towards those challenges, you know, because of his son. Uh, and, you know, we know that you, you know, not too long ago became a father yourself. Congrats! I'm curious, like, what what things were present with you, you know, as you were filming that, that episode?
2: That was crazy, man. We started that episode, um, we had a family emergency uh, on my side. And... My fiance, thank you. My fiance ultimately had to go leave to take care of her mother who was terminally ill. And uh, I had the baby for a few weeks by myself, which I was like, oh, I'm great at this. I can handle it all. (laughs) That little girl wore me out. (laughs) uh, She wore me out. And then um, Christina had just had her second kid right before we started. And Uh so I actually ended up getting this time uh, while with, with, with my daughter, Uh, where it was just me and her. And then I took her over to be with my fiance while she was taking care of her mom. And so I was actually by myself in LA for like three and a half months without Mm. not seeing my daughter, who I had now been locked in the house with for a year and a half straight, right? Like every single day I'm up under her and she up under me, right? And so all of a sudden, I was going through these withdrawals. So it was really interesting. I think like that episode for me, I think there was like some, like a lot of stuff that was just going on where, like, because I was alone because of this family emergency, like, it very w- much ended up on screen, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, I think a lot of that loneliness and a lot of that, like, wanting to be there but not being able to be there. And, uh, and and like, also, like, I was, like, buying toys and, like, buying stuff where, like, you know, I, I, I didn't know how long this family emergency was going to last, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I was away from her buying all this stuff, where it's like, she might not play with it. By the time she get back, she may not even want this stuff. She may be too good for it. Yeah. And so that was a really, so there were some things that were very, in a very weird, odd way, like running concurrently, like in my life, as well as, as well as in Lawrence's life. And I think also, um, i shot a lot of that episode alone. You know, most of that episode, mm. I'm not with Christina. I'm by myself. Yeah. So I was on set by myself, which normally, like, you're in there with a bunch of actors. So we all doing bits all day long and we're doing, did you see the meme? And did you see the thing? And did you, we talked about (laughs) news stories and like, why did he say that? Like, he should just, right. We're, We're constantly like getting energy from each other and playing off each other. And all of a sudden, like I was on set by myself for a week straight. Actually, I think it was literally like four days straight of all the San Francisco stuff by myself oh, which wow. was also mm-hmm. very lonely and very quiet and very like right and so like mm-hmm. not only am I thinking about you know Lawrence not being with Elijah but wanting to be with Elijah but then also prepping for all the things wh- when Elijah comes even though Elijah was never going to come because he was in his, again living this whole fantasy in his head of what it was going to be like while all of that is happening I'm actually sitting here by myself on set and then I'm mm-hmm. going home and I'm by myself because my girl and my baby are gone so <laughs> it was a very it, it 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 definitely like was this very rich episode where i think a lot of like it, there was some weird like meta stuff in a lot of ways that 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 was happening with that with that episode what it made me realize is like it's like I'm like that Vivian Green song. I'm like, get right back to my babe. Got right to like, hear. I'm like, yo, where's my daughter? at? I'm gone. I'm on the plane. I'm out. I want to be with her. I'm gonna be under. Oh yeah.
0: Oh no. We we definitely felt it through the screen. It was yeah. it was like like I'm I um well, I guess by the time this comes out people will have just seen it but um you know we were fortunate to be able to watch this a little ahead of time and like the anticipation. Waiting for people like the excitement that that I feel like waiting to talk to people about this. It's it, I think people are really gonna um, respond to it. Like it, the that episode. I mean, I think everything that we've seen so far the first season, but that episode specifically speaks to not just the growth in the character, but the growth of the series and also the growth of the audience. Like there's so many. Uh, more viewers who are going to be able to relate to something like that. And I'm just excited. I'm I'm really excited about this season to see where things end up. But to that end, (laughs) I keep like Eric and I keep training that phrase back and forth. But speaking of this season, what can we expect for the rest of the season? Any clues, breadcrumbs, fingerprints, needle and haystack, anything, (laughs) anything you want (laughs) to offer?
2: Anything I will say that um, this season is—it's a roller coaster, man. Right? It's a lot of ups and downs, and I know every season is that. And so, I, I hate to give something that feels like such a generic answer, but I really feel like this season is about these characters kind of becoming the people we wanted them to be when we first met them. I feel like uh, Lawrence has been like constantly a meme of that Tyra Banks meme of like, we were all rooting for you. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. That is too <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Molly has been that at times. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I feel like we've, yeah. all, we've all been that that, that meme And okay. for all three of these characters. And I think like who Tyra Banks was rooting for in that moment, I think is who these characters are going to become. You know what I'm saying? I think it's like, finally, we're getting to who they're supposed to be, but it's going to be bumpy and it's going to be messy because that means that they have to accept some things about themselves that they probably weren't ready to do, you know, and and probably have been dodging for a little bit, right? And probably have to like have some like reflection and introspection on like, oh, why did I go through all of that? And like, why did I put myself through all of that? I can't keep repeating it, which means Mm -hmm. I need to change now and I need to be you know, the person that I, that I want to be flaws and all, because these characters don't, yeah. you know, these characters won't write off perfect. Like you're still going to be like, I don't understand why he did, it, why she did it. Like, you're still going to, but that's humans. Like we're messy. Yeah. And like, even in our, even at our best, we still have mess. And, and I think that's what you're going to see with these characters. And I think like, you know, this love story of like Isa and Molly, Right like mm-hmm. what is like I think my hope is that like we fulfill what everyone I don't even know that I would say what what they wanted to be as much as like what everyone has seen glimpses of mm-hmm. right yeah. when you think about like your own best friends and the people who've been in your life for a really long time <laughs> in those good moments and those low moments and then the moments when you come back together because you realize like y'all were being petty or whatever it is like I think I, I hope that we like we hit all those moments for folks, and even in the like relationship stuff, the work stuff for each of these characters. Like, I hope we we hit those moments and really make people feel like, oh, it's okay if they ride off into the sunset. Like, I'm good with how this. I'm good with where they're at now. I, I don't. I don't. I would love more, but I don't need more.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Jay, seriously, it's been like such a pleasure. pleasure total like, one talking to you. But also watching this last season, at for worth, I I agree. It's it's watching the show come into its own way. Like like Brittany was even saying this, it's like crystallized into like that vision of like you know, oh right, we're doing the thing, you know, like we're (laughs) like we we are here. And so it's it's just really been a pleasure to watch uh, your journey and the show's Mm -hmm. journey. Thank Um, you, I appreciate
2: y'all. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you more. Just stick with Lauren. It's going to be bumpy, but just. (laughs) just, just,
1: I have hope. Just. Yeah. For Nerds was created by me, Eric Eddings, and Brittany Luce. It's supported by a production team at Stitcher, including producers Alexis Williams, Willis Arnold, and executive producer Camille Stanley. Casey Hofer is our technical director and Peter Clowney is head of content. Our theme music is by Willie Green. And look, y'all, if you've been missing us from your feed and like what you just heard, go ahead and subscribe to For Colored Nerds wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be dropping new episodes every Tuesday.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at For Colored Nerds to stay up to date on the show and everything else we've got going on.
1: Thanks for sticking with us all this time. We love y'all so much. We're so glad to be back. And we've got so much more amazing stuff planned.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and subscribe. Like, go over, subscribe, meet us on the other feed. We'll see you there. <laughs> on the other side, just come on over. It's warm
1: over there. We've got blankets. It's warm over there. It's hot cocoa.
0: <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys soon.
1: See you later.